0: You're listening to XOXO After Dark Cast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Welcome back to another exciting episode of XOXO After Dark Cast. I'm here in the studio with Kate, Abby, who's actually not speaking today. She's got a She's got a, a rough bout of laryngitis, so she's talking like this all the time. We're like, save yourself. Say well,
1: it's a nothing. sexy voice.
0: It is a sexy voice, actually. <laughs> We've got Diana in lieu of her and our special guest, Adrian Lang, in from Amazon Books. So we even even got her in studio, which I love. It's yeah. it's super fun to do it that way versus the call-in, which is always like, ooh, are they here, are they not?
2: Welcome, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Exactly, yeah. welcome, for welcome. Me. It's pretty free form here on the XOXO <laughs> Exactly, yeah, as usual,
0: you. I have to take off my bracelets. We'll start so, there.
2: Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what exactly that you do at Amazon? Just give us a primer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm part of a six-person team. Five of us are in Seattle. Um, another one of us is in Baltimore and our whole job is to read books and recommend them to readers Mm -hmm. so um, basically trying to help readers find their next favorite book and so we do it through a couple of programs we have best books of the month where we pick 10 books every month which is the best in fiction and Mm nonfiction that's coming out and then within that month we also pick the best in several categories so romance which is my category Science fiction and fantasy, which is also my category, and mystery thrillers, nonfiction, history, and kids books, and awesome. so on and so forth. And then we also work and write for the Amazon Book Review, which is a book review blog, and we post two or three times a day. Um, That's a lot. Wow. This the same yeah. Thing yeah.
2: As Omnivoracious? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Rebranded. Oh, okay. Rebranded. We don't call it that anymore. Well, it's
1: the Amazon Book Review okay. Voracious. <laughs> because our our um, our. Uh, website name hasn't changed for yet. sure yeah, yeah. so Got we're it. trying to get that fixed. you're like this we're kind of there you <laughs> know yeah. all about branding it's all yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah well you think you have a great idea and omnivoracious is like a great word yes. but I don't know if it sticks in people's brains and also doesn't say amazon in any way so right right and you know we're, we're proud of what we do yeah yes. of
2: course how long have you been doing this
1: uh, about three years
2: wow so yeah. long enough to read basically all the books
1: all
0: the time
2: <laughs> all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of reading <laughs> yeah. um Actually, hold on before we move on. How are
1: you reading every single night? Would you say? Um, No, there's some nights where I'm like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) And it it sounds like it sounds like I'm weeping terrible tears here when I say there are days I can't read. But like there will be weekends where I read like 10 books a day, not a day, but like over Over, the weekend. Um, Are you
0: kidding? You're talking to editors. Do you know know, that people are like, you have the best job in the whole world? I'm like, until it makes you hate books.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. It's Um, really hard. Um, But I would say I'm lucky in that I get to read the books that have already gone through like a pretty Uh, extensive vetting process. Right. Um, I remember I have a friend who was a literary agent for a while, and she said it was really hard because you read a lot of just badly written books, and you forget what a great written book is like. Totally. Yeah.
2: I talk about that a lot. Always keeping a book for fun going. Mm Right. If you don't read a finished product, you can forget how good it can be, you know, once you're in there. Oh my God, I haven't haven't read a a finished product in so long. (laughs) I know, but (laughs) I I count it as the thing that allows me to keep going, as it sounds like you take a couple, a day or two off... To just reset and maybe yeah. maybe watch Netflix or something.
1: Yeah, watch TV. Watch Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yes. Oh, we, Sorry, Amazon watch Video. Netflix. No, I'm just right.
2: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious how, since you get to read all the books mm-hmm. from all the places, uh, how do you think that the rise of self-publishing has Im- affected kind of the landscape? I guess three years ago when you started, self-publishing was already
1: already on the so scene. much a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's been great. I think that, I mean, especially in the romance arena where um, there's already so much being published right. that self-publishing really enabled people to write into their own little niche mm-hmm. that maybe they loved mm-hmm. and 400 people other loved uh, you know, yeah, loved yeah. as well, but now those 400 people have right. a book. Exactly. Um, and gosh, it's like increased the rate of publishing from so many authors where you used to just, you'd have to wait a year and now mm-hmm. it's like... yeah. Some authors every few months, which, you know, is great for readers.
0: Right. I have to play devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. and I in no way necessarily agree with this, but I do... Maybe to a certain extent, obviously, for where I work. But do you find the quality of the writing um, has been diluted? Because I think that there's, I mean, I even have some authors that previously indie published and then moved over to traditional publishing. So I know that the quality is there. But wouldn't you say
1: it's harder to find that quality? Because there's so much of it. There's so much of it. And I think that that goes for, like, anything out there. Where it's, like, music, books, Mm -hmm. TV. There's so much out there. Yeah. Um, How does the cream rise to the top? would you yeah, say I don't, I don't know yeah. like, <laughs> no, it, would you say it's the reviews I guess um, the more reviews I think more th- customer reviews help I think that um for self-publishing down pricing helps to yeah. get mm-hmm. to get people just to buy in initially um I think that what's hard is if if that then people will have like 500 books on their kindle essentially yeah, right. and never actually open the book and so then right. you the author has not gained a reader in that situation mm-hmm. um yeah. But I hear BookBub is, like, a fantastic yeah. way to get... People love it. Yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I think it's still going strong.
3: I think nothing beats word of mouth, though, right? I mean, yeah, there's right. no, nothing will be better than uh, having multiple people tell you about the same book over right. and over again, so... It's
2: almost like um, BookBub has... As in particular although a couple of places have done this and Amazon does this I think as well they've created a virtual word of mouth they right. people trust them they have given yeah they've honed the algorithm enough to give, to actually serve you up something that you would love the way mm-hmm. if you go talk to your aunt. Or your cousin who Mm -hmm. says, oh, my gosh, I've read, you know, we've got to read. This is the book we're all reading. Right. Get in. Um, And actually, that's how I discovered some of my favorite authors were my aunt's book clubs when I was in high school. And they were passing them along. And I think that the algorithms kind of allow for a similar experience Mm -hmm. virtually, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, So how do you kind of balance out? We talked a little bit about self versus traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. But how do you balance out? Do you feel a call to discover Hidden little gems and bring them to a wider audience, or do you find that you are more called to let readers know whether a big, well publicized book is good or not?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so I'm basically every month I'm reading four best books of the month. Okay. Um, and so I have to do all the reading ahead of the first of the month. So yeah. for instance, right. you know, I'm reading December right now for December's best books of the month, but I need to absolutely have that finished by November 30th. Totally. Um, so what's a challenge is that, for instance, if you're talking independently published authors, I don't know those books are necessarily coming out until I'm actually in December. Right, and right. it's kind of, I've kind of missed the boat there. Right. Um, so yeah, I can look back about twice a year and be like, all right, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, dis- and so that's, of course, where a lot of new writers are. Right. Um, but as far as when I create the list every month, I do try to, be cognizant of the fact that if I have a list full of people nobody's heard of, there's no real reason mm. to trust my judgment. Right, it's tough. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, I don't know, going to an Italian restaurant and there's nothing you've heard of on right. the menu. Right. But what if they have, like, lasagna yeah. and, you know, yeah. I don't know. Stuff you some, know is something Italian Something you know food, is Italian yeah. food, right? <laughs> exactly. And so so to, um, and, you know, the big name authors are talented. So to right. actually have one or two on the list helps Remind people that those books are out, because, you know, that's also what we're trying to do. they also say, hey, this is not just, like, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of names you've never heard of.
2: Right, right. We're not in the process of selling you on an unknown quantity. We're trying to convey quality and and importance. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: But there's definitely, I'm sure you guys feel this way, too, is you find a new author and you're like, yes! Yeah, (laughs) New (laughs) books, new people who have a different point of view on something, yeah. Totally. Um. So, do you think that since you...
2: Well, I guess we should clue in readers that you have also been on the content creation side, that you were on the authorship side. Yeah. Um, for a little while. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So, Abby <laughs> yeah. was my editor. Why, Um Yeah, so I did two books with Pocket, yeah. um, Badlands Bride and Stowaway Bride, mm-hmm. which were Western romances, historical Westerns, which yeah. as we all know, sell like hotcakes. Oh, oh, wow. I remember when those were <laughs> so selling good. like hotcakes. They were selling like hotcakes, really I think, good. at the time. At the I time, think, yeah. Um, well, and because you had um, started, you had self-published yeah. Too, yeah, the so first yeah. one. Yeah. You really have seen everything. Yeah. Right. Um so yeah, so I actually find being an author who has been published and I've uh, self-published mm-hmm. a couple books since mm-hmm. then actually helps when I'm talking to authors be like ah. I totally get where you're coming right. from yeah, right. um like I've had yeah. that experience too kind of when right. you talk to people and you're like oh well, I'm a mom too and they're like oh okay like yeah. we're down, we're down yeah. yeah. on the same planet uh, at least this one thing right right
0: yeah. well you know what I find funny is I find that an author who writes in a genre per se before they write in that genre they've actually read a lot of it or mm-hmm. have done a lot of reading and I find that Because you're an author, it makes your credibility for me personally, having, reading all these other things, forget the fact that you're reading them all every month. It just gives you a basis of comparison because before you ever worked for Amazon or even Pocket, you read a ton of stuff. Now that's not everyone's experience. You do get the random debut author that was like, I've never read that. It just moved me and now it's a Mm. huge bestseller. But that is very, very rare.
1: It does uh, happen, but it's rare. I think Colleen Hoover, when I was talking to her, she's like, I oh, didn't yeah. know that I yeah. like I wrote my book and I didn't know what it was. Yeah, <laughs> we had her on here a little while ago and she said basically
3: the same thing. She's yeah. like, I didn't even think it was romance. And then all of a sudden it was like, that's I mean, it, it, it is romance, yeah. but yeah, that's not how she started writing it. So that's super interesting. Yeah. So
2: before all of this, how did you actually get started being interested in books in general?
1: Um, I mean, huge reader, as I'm sure yeah. all of you guys were as kids. Like the library could not have enough books. <laughs> I think it was before they actually started moving books from library to library. Like if you oh. wanted a book, you really well. were stuck with what the library had. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't that there know was, that was such a thing. A thing. I was like, what?
1: Yeah. Um, oh my god, I love you for telling that. <laughs> <you> so. <laughs> so. So read tons of books, and then yeah. at some point, sort of basically started writing writing like fan fiction. I think I was mm-hmm. reading like. Lloyd Alexander or something like that it's yeah. like I don't want the story to end so I will write my own story so amazing so you that's felt how it inspired started. and then called yeah down and start creating yeah and then I worked in uh Barnes & Noble bookstore when I was in college mm-hmm. and then got into mm-hmm. book publishing like right out of college so I've been totally. in books you know since I was earning a paycheck essentially right that's yeah. interesting oh, I so, love that so has Lauren pretty
0: much too yeah. Yeah. yeah I was B Dalton though I guess I'm my age is showing again. <laughs> you understand it's a reoccurring theme on the podcast about what an old bat I am and I can add Abby to that too but yeah I was B Dalton which has been long defunct yeah. and then uh, after college my temp- one job legal assistant and then publishing yeah the oh, whole, whole rest of it so
1: well I mean a great group of people like every so often you know I've Dabbled with like going outside of mm-hmm. books um, and just can't do it. Yeah, it's um, so much different. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, even authors who many of which did not like come up through books, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're a mm-hmm. lawyer or they're mm-hmm. a chef mm-hmm. or they're something rather, but they have decided to write their book and suddenly this becomes their career. Like, mm-hmm. I've all the authors I've met have been so lovely. Yeah. Sometimes Wonderful. shy, but lovely. So lovely yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs>
2: um, so to backtrack a little bit about the um, the list itself, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about how you guys do it? What? How yeah. do you make it? yeah so it is
1: basically me I'm the like (laughs) this is it you just read a lot of books I just read a lot of books Yeah. Yeah. I mean I will say that like I do like to um, I do like to talk to editors Mm -hmm. and publicists and so on and so forth about like what's coming up that they're excited about because to to hear somebody talk about a book that they really love for me makes it far more interesting than Mm -hmm. going online reading the synopsis exactly Um, or looking at a cover Um, so that that's kind of my starting point and yeah. there's like all right so what are people excited about that they've worked on and then I'll go in and just be like well what's coming out next month right and then mm-hmm. and then basically sort of read as I see fit yeah. um, because I'm reading four best books of the month right if I don't like a book or I don't think it's a good fit you just stop. I just stop yeah. and just move on
2: well so. actually that that brings me to an interesting question about sort of the the cusp of a good book, I guess. So now we know the answer of what's not a good book is you put it down. Right. <laughs> um, but if it's a good book, what separates
1: a good book from the a best. best of the month? Like, what really does it? Yeah. That's hard because there are so many good books out right. there. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, all right, I've, I've, I can pick only 10 to 12 books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a huge historical romance fan, so I would oh. make like all twelve of them historical romances if I could. <laughs> that would skew your readership, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that would be, but it's me happy yeah. too. But it's not, my, it's not a list for me. It's a no. list for you know for readers. For readers. Yeah. So it's like all right, maybe <laughs> three, um, and then sort of think about what people are interested in. So there is a
2: distinction between your personal preferences and what you view as kind of objectively what, the
1: yes, best, or what I hope, or what you. Hopes. is objectively the best Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so
2: interesting there are a fair amount of books that I read for submissions and we all, of course all stop usually before the end but there are a fair number where I'll read till the end just because I'm enjoying the read even though I know that I don't have the publishing vision or mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be able to buy or want to buy really but I just want to read it and yeah. I think that's a compliment in its own way that is the yeah. hugest Absolutely. compliment it is a are cold comfort to those authors <laughs> for sure. but you know yeah. there it's kind of a fine line between like I can tell when something's good, but that doesn't always mean that it's
0: you can sell it.
2: Yeah, the book I want to buy, and it's probably similar. Do
0: you think that it? For me, I was like answering your question for you in my head. Wouldn't it be?
1: (laughs) What did I say? uh, Exactly.
0: Wouldn't it be the voice that you felt like you hadn't read before? Because for me, as an editor, I think it has to play the game, but it also has to feel fresh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: and that's part of the. That's part of the hard decision. It's not that hard, but you know, like the decision yeah. between. Well, yeah. it's clear. Am I am I making this pick for me? or Am I making this pick for the reader? Because you know, you, I, I think especially in genre, people read in a genre because they they want they have an expectation yes. of emotional yeah. fulfillment right. in right. certain yes. way. So something that's fresh to me, I might like it because I've already read four thousand romance novels. Yes, <laughs> and I want something a little bit different. Right. But the person who's read right. only two hundred. My, just a scant two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. if, like barely <gasps> scratch the surface. Is or or once another book. Well, right? it's funny
0: because yeah. I learned that lesson the hard way, and it broke my heart. But I loved historical romance like you, and I was like, you know what? We can do it somewhere other than Regency England or Scotland someday. And I rebelled out and did a book set in the South African diamond mines. And let's just say one of the best books I've ever had the privilege to work on but I think sold like ten copies yeah. because no one wants to read about that even though the romance was perfection the detail the language everything was you could not beat it actually you could have beat a million books with this book right it just wasn't set where it it was marketable so right. it was tri- a trick. It's what you wanted, wanted to read yeah. exactly
1: yeah
2: um, so you, do, you said you do romance and sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm um Do you have to like physically take off one hat and put on the other? Like how do you switch brain zones? Yeah,
1: Um, usually I'll go back and forth, like sort of palate cleansers, sort of, like each one will cleanse the palate of the other. Um, Mm. Instead of doing romance the first half of the month and then read sci-fi at the second half of the month, usually I'll just go back and and forth.
2: Um, Do you ever get um, impacted by something you've read recently? Like if you've recently read a really good romance, then you
1: switch Mm -hmm. into sci-fi
2: fantasy and there isn't a romantic element, are you like sometimes subconsciously penalizing it because you love that romance?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's probably more likely that I will give extra points to a book that has a little bit of romance in it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like (laughs) I will, I probably quite honestly pick more YA fantasy Mm -hmm. and sci-fi than readers would like because I'm like oh it's got a nice love story but yeah. you know that's what I it's like it's accessible yeah. and, and interesting and
2: yeah that's really that's really fascinating because yeah. you must have to kind of keep them a little bit distinct but certainly your personal preferences play into it and right and the, at reading at that volume is incredible <laughs> yeah. to keep focused for that long
1: yeah and also at heart I'm like who doesn't like love right I mean right. you can have right. love in space like it, it might <laughs> not be the main story but, but like
2: but you know people like love love story people like love yeah. stories um so what have have there been any like near misses like you're just like this is a really a best book but we have to make that cut off somewhere that you hold in your heart and want to trumpet and hear yeah. it if you feel like it I mean or are I think, you allowed to do that
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I think best books of the year like that's always so hard because oh, that is capped oh, yeah. at 20 mm-hmm. and you know throughout the year you've read so many good right. books and um yeah, I mean, I really want it to be like 70. Yeah. and
2: Do you all vote on each other's categories or no? You just get to pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God,
2: I mean, it's so hard. I mean, I
0: would just love to see one romance in there someday. That would make me happy. The for the for, overall. for the year. For the year.
2: She does. No, one for the, does,
0: does, no, what no, for I'm the saying, top 100 oh, list. There's yeah. only 20, and God forbid. Yeah. Uh, God forbid there wouldn't be a.
1: I know. You know. I got. I have to say I did get for best books of the month is the same for the overall yeah. top ten right. list every month it's the same mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. And I I think like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, like I got like J.R. Ward's Bourbon Kings on the top yep. ten list. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was That's a it. feat. You did it. Uh, you did it. Yeah. That's,
2: That's a
0: feat. A success. Yeah.
1: That's a huge feat.
0: So As
2: people who work in romance, we know the uphill battle yeah. of, of convincing well, it's others just of that.
0: So sad because sometimes, especially in our genre, and I like to say our, Mm -hmm. for many reasons, there are women who have doctorates who are very professional in their other side of their lives. They're wonderful writers. There's no reason why they shouldn't be on that list. It's just there's a stigma to it.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it is that we, on the overall list, even when we pick a genre book, like sci-fi gets on there every so often, Mm -hmm. but usually sci-fi... It's, it goes broader than genre, if you know what I'm saying. It's like mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of crossover appeals. So we're like, oh, hey, all yeah. we're going to reach – there's going to be a fairly large group of readers mm-hmm. for this. Though the romance, of course, has the hugest reading reach. group. So, right. yeah. Exactly. It, it, yeah, But crossover yeah. is such an
2: interesting space. I think that we're – well, you would know the trends better than I, but crossover is something I'm very much on the lookout for because people are reading – Mm-hmm. Across their given genres or are kind of in those liminal spaces. yeah, um if you couldn't do if you couldn't pick romance sci-fi fantasy anymore, which of your colleagues' lists would you want to pick for?
1: Oh, Ooh, um, steal someone's job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mystery and thrillers is fun, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I feel like, you know, I sp- speak with romance authors mm-hmm. all the time. I speak with sci-fi authors all the time. and I feel like speaking talking to mystery authors as well and thriller authors like, they get they get how they're writing and who they're writing for. and yes. they embrace it, and they're total professionals and just wonderful people. Um, so I would say that, and then probably history. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, big history buff. I like history. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. You
2: lo- it's, it's crazy what you can learn reading history. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I know that's just saying history's
1: crazy, which it is. Yeah. Well, um, I think that that's a, that is the surprise, is you read right. history, and you're like, oh, we've done this before. Why right. mm-hmm. yeah. are we about... doing this again? <laughs> yeah. or, or it's just horrifying. You're like, we did that? Yes. Uh, yes. But at least I, we now have the mindset where that would be a bad thing to do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We're
2: learning slowly. Yeah. Slowly, slowly. Well,
0: actually, I have to ask... of all the lists you've done this year so far, I don't know if Kate's going to ask this, but I want to know that's not a bestseller. What, who would you recommend to us in this room? Um, For like romance? an author. Yeah. Or, or sci fi.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I mean, one of my. Oh, it's so hard. There's like, so many good authors. Oh, with you.
0: One book um, popped in your head. I don't know what it was. But yeah. One so did. there's
1: a book called. Thank goodness I brought my list because I'm terrible with names. Um, so there's this book called The Undateable okay. by Sarah Title, And it came out at the beginning of the year. And it's a woman who... She's a librarian, and she someone takes a picture of her looking grumpy, mm-hmm. and it was like, the disapproving du- librarian disapproves, and it goes, you know, By out well. over the internet. Oh. Oh, and no. so a magazine in San Francisco is like, well, let's do a makeover of you. Like, this is their big idea. <gasps> oh, God. Right, right. So <laughs> This is actually my worst nightmare. <laughs> so this I already is, want this book. This <laughs> is her worst nightmare yeah. as well. And I can't remember why she gets... I think she decides to do it because she's like, my life is actually kind of stale, yeah. And I don't want to look like disapproving librarian all the time, so I will at least have this adventure. Yeah. Like She leaves the end of the book still having no interest in clothes, mm-hmm. um, but in the meantime, meets this guy that she, who's the writer, and like, and she is just like schooling him the whole time, and he kind of like wakes up over the course of the book. But oh, it, that's so so I first off awesome. love that.
0: I'm yeah. like, I want to read that. You're not undateable. <laughs> yeah. You just don't have to look. You have a resting bitch face,
1: yeah. apparently. <laughs> and she's super funny, and they're, and they're just playing together. There's a lot of sparks there. Oh, that sounds um, right up my alley. Yeah. I'll totally give that a reason. It reminds
0: so. me of coconut cake a little bit. A
1: little
2: bit. Well, the, I, do a, I don't I do a ton of this, but I do a lot of, like, kind of woman having to leave her shell because, mm-hmm. you know, of various reasons. <laughs>
1: um,
2: okay, just a couple more questions. So we all know that publishing is kind of a up-and-down, mixed-up type industry, do you think that your insider view of several different parts of it impacts how you view the various trends and how they come and go?
1: That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think once you've been in the business for a while, you know that there are trends. Yeah. So it's like, so you know that sadly, you know, I don't know, It's like, I would have perhaps known that you know historical romance was gonna go down but I also know it will go back will up again back, right? so it always it's like, comes back yeah so you hold on to that <laughs> right. and then you can talk about stuff that like really just went away entirely like Native American romances oh like, I don't think that's ever coming back but I don't know like could it be done or medievals right like <laughs> Game of Thrones have
0: helped in that area <laughs> I feel like we might get a medieval again
1: yeah or, or when they these come back like you know Who's going to do it the right way to make it come back? Right. Who's going to wake voices. us up?
0: The fr- No, it's going to be the fresh voice, whoever that is. And, and authentic own voices. Yes. Authentic voices yeah. is what she's yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so true. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I remember the first time you read a Julie Garwood from that medieval standpoint, you'd never read a medieval with humor. Right. But that way. And that was way back in the early 90s. You know, I'd only read, who are those old ones? Like the the mists of avalon and i forget mm-hmm. when i was a reader there were ways to do it and then you it was turned on its head so yeah. i think that's the next wave whatever that may be yeah it. so
2: um currently sexy contemporary romance does right. seem to be holding pretty strong mm-hmm. um funny sexy contemporary romance right. and especially uh what do you think is the next big thing
1: the, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i I've, mean i've you know i've uh, I've probably had like four conversations like this in the right. last 48 hours, and everybody's like, yeah. you'll um, know it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's, it's, of course, easier to like look back and see mm-hmm. that, you know, small town contemporary is trying to fade away a little bit or just be rebranded as, as cowboy, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, and, but what I do like seeing is like sort of urban set. You know, women in their 20s, Mm -hmm. late 20s, early 30s urban set um, romancers are getting bigger than they used to be, which is nice. That's great. Um, I would like to see football romances, more of those. Like, I love my hockey romances.
2: Well, then you should read Kate Meter's new series because it is all Chicago – hockey players and there are three three in a novella and they are extremely steamy so that might be right up your alley and
0: you're gonna love them um, oh.
2: and
3: we have a sports ball sweepstakes what's um, a sports
1: ball sweepstakes it's uh
3: well we don't really know sports
1: <laughs> here
3: on <laughs> so after Dark, but um, we do love sports romances like football and hockey and MMA so it's a sweepstakes to promote all of our oh, awesome. sports romances so whenever check I have
2: one I have to be like is that a real thing that can happen in hockey is this a real <laughs> term and she's like trust me it's, it's real just believe me i know what i'm doing yeah. um anyway so before we wrap up with our uh, r- kind of round table we have a couple of quick and dirty true confession questions if you're game um, yeah. so the the idea here is just say whatever comes to mind as quickly as you can okay okay no wrong answers
1: um, <laughs> i love these
2: <laughs> how do you prepare yourself to be creative is there a ritual
1: oh gosh no no no, like just find time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> create time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what place is most conducive to working?
1: I do like to write in a bar that is beneath a bookstore in our neighborhood.
2: I want to live there. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Beneath a bookstore?
1: Yeah, and then I get a nice dark beer, and I'm like, this is like a meal. Yes. So yeah, it's I, yeah. Guess, <laughs> I think it's a write-off expense. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And this plan
2: <laughs> sounds perfect. You
1: everything, yeah. Though.
2: Abby says, I approve everything about this in her sad, hoarse voice.
1: Um, what time of day do you prefer to work? Um, honestly, it just comes back to time. Whenever. It's whenever. It's like whenever I find the time and have the, the uh, impulse oh, to God. do it. Sure. First off, I love
0: 9 a.m. beers in my mind now,
1: so in that bar. Right. Uh,
2: you haven't mentioned coffee, but how do you take your coffee?
1: Oh, as sweet as possible, usually like oh. fancy lattes, caramel, <laughs> yada, caramel, yada, yeah. 2% if not more. Awesome, yeah.
2: awesome. You like a snack or a treat. Um, and what is your go to snack?
1: Pringles. Yum. Really? Original yeah. flavor? Yes.
2: Wow! Yeah, no one has ever said that.
1: Now, my good. favorite moment is like you eat Pringles and drink a glass of Chardonnay, and you're watching something like some superhero movie on TV. Like for <laughs> me, that is that's like the perfect uh, evening. That's
0: good. Yeah. Diana's like, ooh. Yes.
2: <laughs> How is? Uh, who is your favorite collaborator?
1: Like collaborates with me? Yeah. no I don't think I have one listen up coworkers. she doesn't like you <laughs> <laughs> oh I was thinking writing wise it was my, my okay. it's usually yeah, it like, an author it's okay. usually an author so yeah. don't worry about no, it um, yeah, like yeah. my cats being yeah. like, <laughs> exactly could be yeah, support. Like, yeah walk across the computer <laughs> um,
2: what do you do most often to procrastinate
1: oh yeah just about everything laundry primarily really yeah yeah because it always needs to be done it's always satisfying when you do it (laughs) and then once you start a load like 30 minutes later it's gonna you gotta do something something as well so you might as well just not do anything for 30 minutes right so (laughs) yeah this is a
2: solid plan yeah Yeah. Yeah. yeah um what is your
1: dream project oh that's an interesting question I probably just to have enough time and energy to like work on everything I want to work on, mm-hmm. which is like very big and vague. But yeah. I feel like because I don't, I don't devote as much time to like writing specifically. Right. Like what I work on is very narrow. Right. Um, but I'm probably lying to myself. I <laughs> probably, if I had all the time in the world, I'd still be like doing laundry quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> um,
2: what have you learned from failure?
1: Oh, not to let it get to you. Also, I think that there's a lot of um, narratives about success that are just completely false. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel like I've learned that actually, that's something I've taken to heart as a writer. Yeah. Is that um, at some point I was like, oh, I just really want to write as a hobby, and that's OK. It, yeah. It's not like I'm now failing mm-hmm. as a writer. It's just like, no, I've kind of made the choice that like I have this marvelous day job at Amazon, yeah. or my past life working at Penguin, or Random mm-hmm. House, or at a bookstore, where it's like, I really love what I do all day long. So there, I don't need to make a choice. I can just do it all. Right. and not feel like a failure. It's be like, right. this, is, this is my choice. You're succeeding at what you've chosen to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's awesome. What do you hope your creative legacy will be?
1: Probably that my daughter will, like, point at her bookshelf when she's 90 years old. She'll be like, my mom wrote romances. Can you believe that? (laughs) The kids will be like, yeah, I guess so. Because I I do this and I do that. Like, I work in film and I do drawings. And, like, just sort of, like, just sort of, a. I would say creative legacy and that, like, it's good to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like, storytelling is, like, one of the best things you can do. And and just go with it if you totally. want to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What is your best
2: trick for overcoming a creative block?
1: Uh, walking. Like, walk around the block. Yeah. Um, luckily, oh. I live in Seattle, so it rains a lot. Mm-hmm. And so walking in the rain just really focuses you because you can't really – It's not like you're looking at beautiful flowers and distracting yourself. (laughs) Like you're looking out for puddles, and that's about (laughs) it. um, Yeah, so walking in the rain works really well. That's great. And
2: finally, what is your favorite romantic
1: book? Oh, I can't pick one. (laughs) I will say, I will say for 2017, it was, it was. uh, Hating you, dating you, Dang. so. Oh. Christina, oh, favorite, favorite. Yeah.
3: <sighs> We've I've talked about that book so many times. Friends of podcast. the podcast, Christina. I <laughs> yeah. love that book so yeah. much. And
1: when I read it, I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Mm. And it was like. I don't know, in June, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, even back then, I was like, this is going to be super high on my list. Mm -hmm. You're like, beat it if you can, because it's here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So that was definitely my favorite book this year. And just, um, well, now I know what I'm bringing on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. It's actually fairly timely, too, with like the whole, Mm -hmm. you know, Harvey Weinstein Mm -hmm. thing, because there's a certain amount of, I don't think it's sexual harassment necessarily in that book, but like just like office Mm -hmm. romance, office politics, politics, Mm -hmm. um, you know, women sexism, sexism for Mm -hmm. sure. And it's uh, yes. And so it it, it, it does make a statement and it it was it's very timely. That's wonderful.
0: You're listening to XOXO after darkest.
2: All right. We are back. Um, Diana, well, actually, Abby has pulled together a game for us, but Diana is going to MC it because, as we know, Abby is not well.
3: Right. Um, take it away, Diana. So we're going to be playing Name the Classic Book from its one-star Amazon review. So Abby has gone through <laughs> Amazon, found classic works of literature, and then pulled one-star reviews that people have left. So I'm going to read them. Okay. We all get to play because I don't know the answers. Okay. And then, um, like Abby said, first, just shout it out if you know it. Um, okay, number one. Pip is a very annoying character. Great expectations. <laughs> Said it first. I'm going to finish. <laughs> totally did. Pip is a very annoying character. I did not like the book, but was forced to read the book. I do not recommend it. <laughs> that's good. <Okay. laughs> Two. I do not fully understand it, and the ending was subpar. If you want to read a pointless story on wallpaper and craziness, go nuts. The yellow yellow wallpaper. wallpaper. God damn it. You guys are good.
2: I'm really fast. We, <laughs> we talked that's about a short story. that recently. <laughs>
3: mm, okay. Uh, close enough. Fine, fine, fine. This book is a hot mess in terms of writing, plot, there is none, <laughs> content, and characters who are a bunch of drunks who like bullfighting and consuming alcohol.
2: bunch of drunks who like bullfighting? The Sun Also Rises. Yeah.
0: Nice. 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 I, knew I, knew was was. I knew it was Hemingway. I, was. I just couldn't I figure out which Hemingway. I was like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> where do they bullfight? You know why? It's because I read The Paris Wife over one Christmas. Uh, and uh, he writes that book in that. In that uh,
0: The Paris Wife. Oh, mm-hmm. God, oh, it. I was so thinking sad. Steinbeck, actually, broke my which not
3: been right at all. No, he never, like, left the Dust Bowl. That's
2: sardines and trunks. Sardines and...
3: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, number four. This is a long one. What what kind of idiot writes this tripe? This is allegedly a play by some long-dead master. Well, let me tell you, it's boring and derivative. It's about this prince who doesn't get his father's throne. Is it King Lear?
1: Hamlet? Hamlet. Hamlet. Hamlet.
3: Nice. <laughs> and feels all depressed about it for a while and fights back against his uncle who took the throne and married the prince's mother. So to show everyone that it was actually the uncle who killed his father, the king. Excuse me? Haven't we heard this before? Yeah. It's Disney's The Lion King. <laughs> Uh, this, this has is, to be a joke. This is the Lion King dressed up in period clothes. Instead of Simba, we've got Hamlet. Instead of Scar, we've got <laughs> This is Claudius. definitely not real. Instead of Nala, we've got Ophelia. And it's in Denmark instead of the African Plains. <laughs> Denmark, is that even a real country anymore? Oh, God. Anyways, it's called Europe now. That's a part of London.
1: This, this is <laughs> not real. I and call, and, I and
3: <laughs> don't get me started on the language this writer used. It's all like it's from the Bible and stuff. Get rid of that and use real words. Take a lesson from someone like Stephen King. Don't waste your time with this. Watch The Lion King and you'll get it. And while you're at it there's a bridge in Brooklyn I'm selling.
2: <laughs> i don't get the
0: bridge in brooklyn that's a famous expression that when you know you could i can sell you the brooklyn bridge if you're an idiot oh um, um, i didn't get that either
2: <laughs> i think that this is a joke i don't think it's real it's
1: on your site but, I love but
2: it's so, so derivative I'm gonna click through and see what else that person has reviewed first off they're 12 because they're, they're not 12 they are we don't no. know okay wait
0: do the last one okay yeah, number five so good because Kate is in the lead but, um, but she's you know it's not really fair because
3: I have to read these so I can't like stop myself to <laughs> that's <say>, oh. <laughs> true right.
0: you can totally stop
3: alright number five last one at first, I enjoyed this book, but as it went on, it became impossible for me to follow. I skipped paragraphs because I couldn't tell who was supposed to be talking or what was supposed to be happening. The plot swings around like crazy between the future, past, and present without any explanations as to who people are or where they are in time. I didn't finish it. It made me hate Toni Morrison's writing. I'll never read anything by her again. Love it. Beloved. Maybe it won the Pulitzer Prize and was popular because it was an Oprah's Book Club pick.
0: Beloved. Thank you. And you got it again before me. Not fair. <laughs> t-
1: t- <laughs> t- t- <laughs> I know. I had to throw in. I was like, I had to get Tony in there. Um, yeah. Probably only work because of.
3: Can we hear you on the mic? It, she it, it, said it probably only worked because of Oprah. Ah, <laughs> oh, That's disgusting. Rude.
2: Um, Kate is the winner. Yay, I win. She crushed it. I'm so excited by that. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us, Adrian. Thank you. We don't go easy on our guests during the time. I am
0: glad that you stuck with us anyway. By the way, she does this often, and I'm always like petulant and pissed. I, so when I don't win, I get really upset. Um,
2: mm-hmm. And uh, if, I don't think I've said it already, so check out XOXO After Dark for all of your free free read and giveaway and fun content
3: needs. Um, Oh, actually, speaking of, it's uh, NaNoWriMo. Uh, mm-hmm. National Writing writer National Novel Writing right right. Yeah I can never remember it But uh, we are running a uh, writing contest XOXO with Archway The self-publishing arm of Simon & Schuster It is going live now And uh, we'll be looking for submissions um, all Until around January, January 3rd. 3rd And then we will pick a winner And 30th. they will be January announced 30th 30th sorry. and sorry And they will be announced on Valentine's Day So um, go to XOXOAfterDark.com And um, look for more details
2: yeah, if you're a writer, we definitely want to hear from you. This yeah. this could be a really fun thing to do because you win a publishing win contract.
3: The, yeah. uh, so we'll edit one of your books, and it'll be put out via um, Pocket Star.
2: Yeah. So I think there are actually three three ways to win. Mm-hmm. One grand prize, and the grand prize is a, a publishing contract where one of us edit your book, and um, and two runner-ups, two runner-ups get Archway contracts. So right. this is no joke. This is yeah. like this could be the next first step in your in your next part of your career. I was just gonna say little slight, uh
0: Antidote. Mer- Meredith Duran Antidote. was. Antidote. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> I was so consumed with saying Meredith Duran was the winner of a contest I judged. It was Borders yeah. a million years um, ago. But she got a publishing contract, and that was her first book with us. That's wow. awesome. Flash forward 20 books later.
2: Right. Yeah. So all it takes is one of Magic the can happen. Now. Yep. And uh, until that, always remember that the best conversations happen,
0: happen after, after dark. dark.